Hosted by Gray Jones, the TV Writer Podcast is brought to you by Script Magazine and ScriptMag.com, the leading source for script writing information in print and on the web. And by Final Draft Script Writing Software, the entertainment industry standard for script writing worldwide. My name is Gray Jones, and I'm the host of the TV Writer Podcast, partner of Script Magazine. And today is episode 19 for Monday, April 25th, 2011. And I am so excited today because for the very first time on the podcast, we are having a round table discussion. I have some really, really exciting guests to introduce you to. And this round table podcast is all about social networking for the writer, specifically for the TV writer, but I'm sure this is applicable for feature writing and other types of writing as well. Um, I'm going to first start with some stats. Um, in the United States, 65% of U.S. adults use social media. Yet, this is new. Facebook is only seven years old. And Twitter is only five years old. And what we're talking about seven years ago, it was a guy in a Harvard dorm room and his laptop. So they really haven't begun to have impact until many years after their birth. So for Facebook, it's really only the last three, four years that it has started to have, started to have a big impact for Twitter, really only a couple of years. And so we are just at the cusp of something huge. Um, there are very few people that even appreciate where this can head. It's so new that there are almost no resources available. Everyone is figuring it out as they go. This means young and or entrepreneurial writers are going to write the rules and take opportunities that didn't exist before. Another way to put, a, put this is that most of us are missing out on incredible resources. There are now over... 700 writers on the TV writer Twitter database, and yet there's only 56 people who are subscribing to the list. The WGA East Facebook group only has 936 members. The WGA West one is not much better, about 1,200 members to their Facebook group when their actual membership is about 8,000. I can't even find a Facebook group for the WGC. So we're going to talk about Social media for the writer. It, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, obviously, this is a huge, huge topic, and we can't do this. Um, I mean, I mean it, it, we can't really do this service, but I hope that we can introduce some ideas that get you thinking, we, that we can give you some resources that can help you start interacting on a much better level than what you've been able to accomplish so far. So let me introduce our exciting panel. First of all, we have West Coast and web editor of Script Magazine, co-owner and producer of Majeska Playhouse Theater Company, part-time actor, currently living in Los Angeles with his wife and two pups. We've got Joshua Stecker with us. How are you doing, Joshua? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. I appreciate you joining us. I know you've got a hugely busy schedule, including a New York trip coming up. That's what they tell me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and as well, you've probably seen her on Twitter, Jamie Livingston, writer and co-founder of Script Chat and president of Romance Writers of America, screenwriting chapter script scene. She's a business owner and former magazine writer. How are you doing, Jamie? Hi, I'm doing good. Thank you for inviting me. 
You're very welcome. Glad you could be with us. And as well, we've got Jean Vallette Bowerman. She's the co-founder and moderator of the weekly Twitter Screenwriters Chat, Script Chat, and also a regular columnist for Write On Online and Script Magazine. You may have seen her balls of steel. A graduate of <laughs> Cornell University, she's written several spec scripts, including the adaptation of the Pulitzer Prize winning book, Slavery by Another Name, with its author, Douglas A. Blackman, senior national correspondent of the Wall Street Journal. She recently blogged about that experience. Awesome, awesome stuff. How are you doing, Jean? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's really great to be here. You're very welcome. And I'll be moderating a little bit more about me. My name is Gray Jones. I'm a reality TV editor and produced writer, also an internationally award-winning short film producer. In addition to hosting the TV Writer Podcast in partnership with Script Magazine, I also host Chuck versus the Podcast for NBC's Chuck, which has been voted the number one TV-themed podcast in the entire world continuously for the last 28 months. I also run a database of TV writers on Twitter, which contains over 700 writers and continues to climb. So, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about social networking, but specifically, I want to limit our discussion a little bit because social networking is a very broad topic, and the broader it is, I think the less useful it's going to be. First of all, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is awesome. It's not what we're going to talk about today, except for a little bit. It's it's very used in the industry, but it's less as a social network and more sort of for resumes and job info. Um, and uh, and I encourage you to use LinkedIn. It's a great way to connect with with people on a job level, but it's not exactly social um, in that in the sense that we're going to be discussing today. So um, we're primarily going to fo- focus on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm going to mention a few stats, and then I'm going to open it up for our roundtable discussion. Um, first of all, Twitter is more interactive. Uh, 12% of Facebook users update their status every day versus 52% for Twitter. Twitter is more U.S.-based. 70% of Facebook users are outside the U.S. versus 60% for Twitter. Um, Facebook is... More closed. Facebook tends to be something that uh, it started out at least as something that you would interact with your family and close friends. And so it's designed around keeping people out except for the, the people that you're interacting with that you've approved, where Twitter is designed to interact with people outside the box. And we'll discuss a little bit more of that later. Um, Facebook is very ubiquitous. It's got 600 million users. 71% of web users in the U.S. use Facebook. But in the U.S., its growth is declining. Uh, I think it's hitting the point where people who are going to use Facebook probably already are. Um, Its primary growth now is outside the U.S. With Twitter, by comparison, there's 200 million, um, but this is double last year's number, and we can expect it's going to double again this year and continue to grow. Already 55% of web users in the U.S. use Twitter. So um, Twitter is coming on strong. It's newer, but it's growing very, very fast. And also very important to our discussion, um, Twitter is kind of seen as the as the newer, more hip kind of thing. Um, but don't think I'm slamming Facebook. There are a lot of very, very useful things you can do for Facebook, and we will talk about those those today. Um, but right now, let's open it up to uh, our panel, and uh, I'm sure some of the things I said were a little pr- provocative. What are your opinions about Facebook and Twitter? Um, who wants to start? 
Ladies first. Oh, I'll go. It's, this is Jeannie. Um, I, uh, Facebook, I don't use as much as I use Twitter. Twitter is, is my baby. It's where I groove. It's where I connect, connect with people. Um, I'm just starting to figure out Facebook more. I think Facebook works great for novelists because you can put an author page up, um, which I have, but it's not quite the same for me. And, and if I can get any tips from Jamie or Josh on how to use Facebook better, <laughs> I'm all for that. I know much more about Twitter and navigating through Twitter and connecting with people that way in a really organic way. But I think the one thing that really is most important in social networking is um, being yourself, being t- totally real, letting yourself be vulnerable. Don't just tweet out, you know, pimping the things that you want from people, you know, go look at my link, go give me crowdsourcing money, you know, give me, give me, give me kind of stuff. Show them personality. And it's really easy to do on Twitter because you're connecting, you're talking to people. And that for me is what makes it successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jamie? Uh, well, I started Facebook. Uh, my employees, my teen employees set me up with an account and they were my, it was kind of embarrassing. They were my first um friends on Facebook, all teenage boys. And, but I've reached out and, uh, guy I've expanded and, um, included, um, writing people at first. I was reluctant to have people on from Twitter, be friends with me on Facebook because I saw it more as a friends and family, uh, type of, of, social networking and, you know, getting back in touch with old friends, my college roommate, um, you know, old friends from when I used to rodeo and live out in California that I don't keep in touch with. And just recently I've expanded to the writing people and the people on Twitter and kind of let them in because that's my personal life. Whereas Twitter is, um, my (laughs) sounds so terrible, but my social life. Mm Mm-hmm. Very cool. And Joshua? Uh, Jamie and I have the exact same kind of definition uh, regarding Facebook via Twitter. Facebook, I I try to keep it personal. I don't let, I don't, you know, approve everybody who friend requests me on Facebook. I try to keep it for the people I've actually met in real life or actually have some sort of relationship with, maybe, you know, outside of, you know, a Twitter panel <laughs> or, uh, you know, or, or even email for that matter. Um Twitter for me is just, it's like, it's, it's social. It, it, it's fun. Um, I've met a lot of great people off Twitter. Um, and it's something that I find that's been useful as far as, uh, uh, gain information, uh, more so than anything. I use it as more of a newsfeed, mm-hmm. uh, uh, than I do maybe even the social aspect of it. I think it's more important to me as, uh, as, as a news source. Um, Actually, I shouldn't say news source, a news aggregator, because it comes from different sources. Um, that's really the, the, the basic difference between Facebook and Twitter for myself. I keep Facebook, you know, is pretty personal. And Twitter, I can kind of just, you know, have fun, be myself, but at the same time, kind of keep a distance and, uh, you know, let in or let out whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So, from a, but from a business aspect, though, um, I guess I can talk about a little bit about how I work with, like, with script. Mm-hmm. Sure, um, sure. The fa- uh, Facebook and Twitter are, are just are go hand in hand. I mean, they they they're they're pretty much um, one one without the other wouldn't be it wouldn't work as well. 
uh, Twitter, you know, as a news aggregator for our Facebook site where we post the links of all the, the stories that go up on scriptmag.com. So like when Jeannie's column goes up, the first thing I do, I'll post it on Facebook and that link will go out through our Twitter feed. And then that Twitter feed gets retweeted by a bunch of people and they all end up going to our Facebook page first because the Facebook page is the link and they either, they aren't a fan of the Facebook page yet. Hopefully they become a fan and then they go straight to scriptmag.com. And from what we found with our research and stats, um, with script magazine is that the majority of our traffic for scriptmag.com comes from Twitter and Facebook. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, that's yeah, that. Yeah. I've, I found, um, I was a little skeptical of Twitter at first and I, I just found as I was using it more and more as exactly that as a, a news aggregator, I go far less often to the news sites because the reality is, I mean, and, and we know this from any time big news has broken, like Michael Jackson's death and, and the tsunami, that you hear about it on Twitter before CNN has it. Absolutely. Uh, and and yep. luckily, CNN's got a great Twitter account now, too, because they've, they've <laughs> discovered this. But the fact is that that this, as a news source, it's obviously not as detailed, but you, you can find stuff out very fast. And and also because it's it's user based, it doesn't necessarily have the um, editorial slant on things. Um, you'll find links from all kinds of different sources, depending on the people who you choose to follow. Um, I do find with Facebook, and I've I've gone through a very interesting transition with Facebook. I I started it as, as what everybody else did, a great way of sharing pictures with my family and 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 that kind of thing. Um, I actually ran into a situation where I had confirmed somebody on my Facebook who was a competitor, and they actually used information from my Facebook to mm. um, to basically get a leg up on me on something. Or a jerk. Yeah, yeah. And so if, at that point, I realized what many of us have, have realized that um, even with a closed system like Facebook, um, that we really have to be very protective of our, of our privacy. And so I, I went digging through Facebook to try to see how to do that. And I, I realized, as I'm sure many of us know, that you can actually have different levels of security um, for the, the people that you've connected with on Facebook. And that just got me thinking, well, maybe I can use my Facebook to connect with people I don't know as well, people that are, I'm reaching, reaching out to. Um, and so what I've done is I, I've set up a, a security level where all my personal family stuff is hidden from that security level, but regular status updates and things like that in my wall aren't. And so now I can approve anybody who, who connects with me on Facebook, and I don't have to worry about that those privacy issues. So um, that's in, interesting. Yeah, I in, get in, my I get my children to teach me those tricks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's one of the reasons I set up a Facebook author page mm -hmm. because I felt like I was getting so many screenwriters and writers coming to my Facebook page, and it was starting to kind of make me a little uncomfortable. Like I wasn't sure, like Jamie was saying, do I accept? Do I not accept? This is this is my nest, mm -hmm. you know, and. Um, and I think it is important to have boundaries, but I haven't quite figured them all out yet. I'm still pretty transparent, but I decided to set up the author page because then, and I have found that there's quite a few people who are fans of my author page who are not my friends on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where I post a lot of my writing. And also I felt like whenever, whenever I post an article that I've written or, or a blog post, um, that that's really all my feed 
was starting to look like. I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of time to interact on Facebook. So it felt too, almost too cold, you know, for who I am. So mm -hmm. I thought, you know what, I'm going to do all that stuff on my author page and I'm going to keep my Facebook page just me, just, you know, uh, more genuine, more me, more connecting with you know friends and family and people like that. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a very valid point. Whether pages or groups, um, you can set up events through Facebook. Um, there, there are a lot of different ways that you can use Facebook to reach out to people that don't necessarily, um, betray your private secrets. Um, but also you can use it as, as I mentioned w with, uh, limiting the security levels for different things. You might just have one that is a catch all for, for anybody that you don't know. You approve them, but you put them into this, this group that has the, the higher security settings. Like, how do you find this? Do you know, do you remember how to find this secure little thing for the people listening who might want it? You just go into your privacy settings in, in, in your account settings in Facebook and, um, and you can, you can, stalker alert. You, you, <laughs> you, you have your stalker group, you have, yeah, your, yeah. um, and, and so you can get all those details there. And, and for a lot of things we say, I do encourage you, if you're interested in this stuff, all the information is available online and you can research this on your own. But, um, the, the, the reason that I mention that in particular is that I have found through both the, the, uh, script magazine podcast and also with the Chuck podcast that I've been able to make some incredible networking connections mm -hmm. through Facebook. I mean, a lot of the showrunners that I've interviewed for um, the podcasts have come directly through me just doing a, a search on Facebook for their name, sending them a message and connecting with them that way. And what ends up happening is with a lot of them, I, I enter a dialogue and I can start talking with them and, and the relationship continues long after the, the interviews. Now there's, I have a little bit of an advantage that of course I can say when I'm reaching out to them, I do this podcast in partnership with mm -hmm. script magazine, but mm -hmm. uh, at the, at the same time, I do know a, a lot of people have shared with me that they have connected randomly with people that way. And as long as you just are genuine, you say, I'm a writer who's starting out and I'm trying to make uh, connections, you'll find a lot of them will say no, but some of them will say yes, and those are the ones you want. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I didn't actually see Facebook as a networking type of, I mean, I know it's called social network, but I didn't see it as that type of networking. But when I reached out before this podcast to some people, um, I guess Aaron Sorkin used to be on Facebook and he offered up some, I guess, quite juicy tidbits on, you know, things that he thought writers should know. And then, you know, the person who told me about him was saying all of these people she'd met through Facebook and and I thought, wow, because I just don't think I, the stalker thing like Jeannie was talking about. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I went through and tried and wanted to be friends with those people because they didn't have a fan page or, you know, I don't know what they call it now, but it used to be a fan page um, that you're kind of like, you don't want to friend somebody who has no idea who you are. Mm. And, but I realize now that if they have that many fans that they, they're going to have a fan page and you can stalk without them knowing you're stalking them. <laughs> yeah. And the fan page, I think is how a lot of them handle it. Cause I have seen some of the bigger name people say directly on their, 
their page and on their info page that, you know, please do not request me if you do not know me. And if I may not know you, but you think I should know you, at least mention why you think I should accept your request, you know? Mm. And if I don't accept it, then just go to my fan page and you can find out stuff about me and, and follow what I'm doing or whatever. Some people, I've seen some people in the industry do that, you know, very openly, you know, mm. sort of state what their personal policy is on it. And I've also seen people tweeting out things like, do not um, send me a connect request on LinkedIn if I don't know you. I don't want you as part of my professional network. And I've, but I've seen other people say, you know, please find me on LinkedIn. Please find me on Facebook. And, and, um, it's interesting. Everyone has their own personal comfort level of, you know, how deep they're willing to go with people. And Twitter is pretty, you know, you can pretty much stay sort of on the surface because it's not like there's a link on your Twitter homepage where there's pictures to your family, you know, photo album. And you know, there's a lot more anonymity if you choose to have that on Twitter, but. I'm pretty open. And you're right. I have an anonymous account that um, is, has nothing to do with writing. And I, there's nothing that links back to me and nobody knows it's me. And I can rant and rave and say whatever I want. And it can't <laughs> go back to me. Not, not that I don't rant and rave on my current. Um, yeah, I was going to say, James. I know. I know. <laughs> but that's my, that's my outlet. You don't. Uh, well, you know what? I, you yeah, the I follow your crazy side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. So, so, um, that, those are some of the, uh, the things that we need to know about, about Facebook. And I would encourage you to, to just check those out. And before we move on to Twitter and we will move on to Twitter, one thing I would say in my experience with dealing with these people, just like, um, Gene said, everybody has their own comfort level, but not just a comfort level. People have sort of their chosen ways of networking and for, and, and also, and, and another thing I would say, before that is um, the Aaron Sorkins are not who you should be networking with anyway. The, the guys who are way up in the clouds are way beyond the level where they're going to be helping baby writers. The people that you do need to connect with are people who are not in the spotlight. And those are the people who um, probably have a lot more open connections because they don't have hordes of people coming at them. And so you're much, much more likely to be able to enter a dialogue with them, to be able to connect with them, even get some help from them. Um, so I would say once somebody gets to that fan page level, what you put on that fan page, you're interacting with other fans of that writer. You're not really interacting with that writer. Whereas if you can interact with somebody who's maybe not at that level yet, you're actually interacting with the writer, his or herself. So... Um, that can Very be, true. yeah, that can be an important yeah. point. Um, and as well, just like a lot of the, the, the wisdom out there will tell you, befriend the assistant because they're going to be the showrunner later. Um, by mm -hmm. the time you get to the point where you're ready, that, that's when they're going to be at a point that they can help you. Uh, some people only connect through Facebook, don't even know about Twitter. Some people only use their Twitter, barely use their, their Facebook. And so try both. Um, use, use them each to their, their greatest advantage. Now that we've talked about Facebook, and I, I think most people know a lot about Facebook already. Less people know about Twitter. Just to define Twitter a little bit, Twitter is very similar to the status update part of Facebook, where you, you post status updates and anybody who's following your status updates can see them. Um, you don't have to approve the people who are following you, but you can block them if you choose. 
Um, every time somebody follows me, I do look at their profile and I do gauge whether I want them to be following me. If, if they're a spammer, obviously I don't and I block them and actually report them for spam. Um, and so you do have some control over the people who are, are following you, but tweets are public. So anybody can go to a web page and see your, your tweets if they want. There are private messages. They're called direct messages where, which are very simple, similar to the, the private messages inside Facebook where only you and the person you're interacting with will see that message. Um, and there's also ways of targeting your tweets to other people. Um, they're, they're called at um, so if I want to t say I'm not following Jean and Jean's not following me, if I put her address with a little at sign before it, then she'll get that tweet even if neither of us are following following each other. So that yeah, that and means to send those private messages, you have to both be following each yeah, other. Yeah, direct messages. Oh, actually, more accurately, you can send a direct message to somebody who is following you, but they can't reply back until you're following them. Yes. Um, which usually makes them annoyed. Um, so make sure you are following them. <laughs> um, or they'll give you a public, a public tweet saying, Hey, I can't respond because yeah. you're not following me. That's, that's usually what happens. Um, yeah. and so, uh, so let's open it up to, to discussions about Twitter. Um, so what, what are the, th some of the things that you have seen about Twitter with relation to, uh, writers? For me, um, I think one of the best things and, and most surprising thing about Twitter in terms of my craft of writing is learning how to tell a story and, and say a viewpoint or get a point across in just 140 characters. Mm -hmm. It's a great lesson in editing your words. And there was one day I was in Starbucks and I have this sort of reputation of being a bit of a coffeehouse voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> and I will tweet out little stories that I'm watching. Well, I'm, I'm sitting there and I've actually had agents approach me after this one, um, story I tweeted out of this lover's quarrel in Starbucks where I was only tweeting, I couldn't hear their words, but I was just tweeting their body language. Wow. And I had hundreds of people like on the edge of the seat wanting to know what happened to these lovers, like where this, this argument was going to go. <laughs> and then I, I had an agent that. respond to me. Yeah. And an agent respond to me saying, I cannot believe what you expressed in 140 character bits. And she's like, you know, when you get done with your novel, you have to call me. Wow. It's so you, you can really, even in a tweet, you can showcase your writing voice. Yeah. And, and, that's and that why, surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And that's, that's why I would urge you, even though there are, um, it, one thing that I didn't mention about Twitter is that your tweets are, are limited to 140 characters. And if you want somebody to retweet, their retweet has to fit in 140 characters. So you typically, you try to make your messages 120 characters or less so that people can retweet you, um, which is basically passing on your tweets to other people. And um, and so you're absolutely right. I, I mean, in terms, it's really, really helped me in terms of economy, in terms of word mm -hmm. choices, Things that are very, very helpful for script writing because, you know, trying to write, uh, I mean, especially condensing something like a novel into a script, there's not a whole lot of words that go into a 100-page script. Um, there's a lot of right. white space on the page. And so the more you can economize your writing and tell stories with less words, that is a very helpful skill. I would encourage mm -hmm. um, you not to use the lengthener 
feature yes. on tweets. They are a pain. Basically, what they do is they say, you can tweet longer than 140 40 characters, but you have to go to another web page. And I will rarely follow them. Mm-hmm. And because they're, I, I, I personally think they're, um, well, they're just a pain. And it, it shows a little bit of laziness on the part of the writing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I concur. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's a great story. What, what other things can you, can you say about Twitter? Well, um, it's the connections. I mean, that, that's the, mo- when, I, here's the thing for people who've never been on Twitter before. And this is what I hear from everybody. Well, what do you do there? You know, how do you even know who to follow? How do you connect with people? And, you know, when I first started, I, and I you connect with all of, you know, the, the, famous people at first because you don't really know of anybody else to connect with. And then you might see somebody else who, you know, who responded to something that they said. And then you're like, oh, that person seems cool. And then you start, I mean, I I don't even know how I ended up where I ended up. It just seemed to expand all by itself. And I had been on a, um, a Yahoo group with Zach Sanford. And next thing I know, he's following me on Twitter. And he introduced me to Jeannie and, um, a former writing partner of hers and, you know, everything just snowballed from there. And I mean, this is, this, this is gosh, just a little over a year ago. And, and I would say in the last year, I have three times the followers that I had and it's what I tweet about has really narrowed to more of a focus, whereas it used to be about everything. Mm. And now it's mostly about writing. And, you know, anytime you're in a slump, tweet out, because I tell you, you will get the most support. But, (laughs) but, but you, you know, you, you look at what other people are saying and then you, you see maybe the, the people who are following them. And, and if, and if you don't really know, you know, like some of the kids who work for me now are just now getting on it and, they don't say anything, but they read everything. And that's how I was at first. I would read through everybody's feeds and, you know, be a voyeur into other people's lives. And it was awesome. It was cool. And then finally got up the guts to start saying a few things myself. And, um, I know this is going to sound really cheesy, but, um, Ashton Kutcher, I, I really have to thank him. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, well, when, when he was making his movie Five Killers, you know, and, and same with, um, Rob Luketic and, and Dana Brunetti and those guys. Yeah. Those are the guys who are so far up there that you're only really talking to their fans, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But th- they posted some really interesting stuff. And then when the movie premiere came out, um, Ashton had a live uh, Ustream, I think it was, and he had taken some of the people who had tweeted with him and used them as his commentators on the red carpet. Wow. And I ended up, for lack of a better word, meeting Bob DeRosa, who was the original writer of Five Killers. Well, it was Killers when it came out, but Five Killers when he wrote it. And, and oh my gosh, Bob is like the most incredible person ever. And if it hadn't been for Ashton Kutcher, this sounds so strange. I would never have watched the Ustream, and I never would have gotten in contact with this incredible writer. Mm-hmm. Yep, ab- absolutely. I mean, some amazing things like that can happen. But um, before they happen, they involve um, some things. You can get a lot of tips online about um, about how to 
tweet smarter. As a matter of fact, there's a, a Twitter stream called Tweet Smarter um, to make sure that you uh, are abiding by proper etiquette for tweeting. Uh, I've seen Jeannie rant a little bit about um, some of the cons, <laughs> some of the things that people shouldn't do. Um, why don't you give us a few don'ts uh, with Twitter? Well, I wrote, I'd written an article for Writer's Digest. My first, it was actually my very first freelance article that I got paid for. Um, and I met Jane Friedman at the time she was publisher of Writer's Digest on Twitter. Um, and then I'd written, I expanded on that and started a social media, uh, a website actually for about social media called smwriters.com. Mm-hmm. And on there I have some of the, um, some basic Twitter tips. And then I also had done a piece on Twitter for Script Mag and I noticed yesterday somebody like, so I noticed in the comments yesterday on that, on that piece, I don't know what made me go back to it. Um, and this one person had said they thought it was arrogant. What I had said no. as a suggestion, yeah, which was, <laughs> yeah, I suggested that you never pitch someone in a tweet who you don't know and you, like, yeah, you don't yeah. have a relationship with. You don't, you don't do that. And she thought it was very arrogant of me to say that. <sighs> and, um, I actually did respond yesterday and I still stand by what I say. It's just like if you see somebody in, I, 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 you I know, agree with you 100%. Producer, yeah. Like you see a producer in a restaurant and he's, he's in engaged in his own conversation in the restaurant with his family. Just because, you're, just because yeah, right. just because you're in the same restaurant with him, just like you're in the same Twitter verse with that person doesn't mean that you can walk up to their table and pitch them. Yeah. Like it, it's, there's still it, the industry is about relationships and you still have to build that relationship. And, you know, like, like to, let's take Dana Brunetti, for instance, he's a great, great, um, he's so much fun on Twitter. He's there. He's open about his stuff. He talks openly to people. And I'll tell you, you know, I've tweeted him. I remember once this was when I first started Twitter, there was, I was doing this whole thing one day about, you know, my, my messy desk. Like if I could turn this webcam around uh-huh. <laughs> and, and it was like, okay, whose desk do we want to see? You know? And, and I tweeted him. I think Jamie even said, let's see Dana's, you know? So I tweeted him and he sent immediately tweeted out a picture of his desk. You know, these, you know, people are approachable. And then we ended up having him as a guest on script chat later on, but I certainly wasn't going to ask him in our, in my first tweet to him uh-huh. if he would be a guest on script chat, you know, like it's, it's just, you know, you have to be respectful of people and just because they're on a social media network doesn't mean that they want to be inundated. Can you imagine getting on Twitter and all you see in your feed is a bunch of pitches to you? Wow. It's, it, nobody wants to see that. You know, that's not what they're there for. So respect it. So that's one thing I would definitely say not to do. Um, I personally would not recommend protecting your tweets because mm. when I, when somebody follows me and their tweets are protected, I don't even, I don't follow them back. Not unless there's somebody I know in some way, shape or form. Um, because that's not what this is about. This is, you know, so I'm not a big fan of, of protected tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also not a big fan of seeing somebody's tweet stream. That's just nothing but, but retweets. I want to know what your voice is. Right. I want to know who you are. Um, I'm not sure what else. Or There's a pile that. of links. Yeah. Yeah. Or just a pile of, hey, you know here's my indie film project. Please give me money. You know, there's, there's, there's definitely times when there's indie film people who I follow and I love. And when they're in that big push for the deadline of Kickstarter or whatever, there's tons and tons of tweets about help me, help me, help me. And I get that. That's totally cool. I have no problem with that. But, but when you're not in the big push, 
then, you know, talk to people, engage to people and, and, you know, really have conversations with people. Just, you know, keep it real. Don't try to, and also don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't, don't present this that you're bigger than you are. You know, just, just be a genuine person and that will attract more people for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I would add to that. And, and one of the things I would add, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of personal branding. Um, Mm -hmm. but even more than just the personal branding aspect of it. Um, and I, and I've seen on Twitter, um, I I think Jeannie, you also mentioned this when, whenever somebody follows you on Twitter or even actually what, what can happen is sometimes there's discussions that happen on Twitter and you're just interested in what somebody says. And so, so you check them out and, and you Mm want to see if they're worth following from the discussions that, that have been happening. And so you go to their profile page on Twitter. And if you see a picture of the person and a little bio that looks interesting and it looks like their tweets are, um, you know, genuine and, and there's a mixture of, of either helpful things or interesting things, not just retweets, then there's a very high likelihood of following that person. Mm-hmm. If you go to their profile and the picture is something completely meaningless, um, an egg, an egg, or or <laughs> or a bird, or or something yeah. like that. It's it's all of a sudden a little bit of a warning flag. Does this person really want to interact with me? Then you go to their bio. Mm. There's nothing in the bio. Then I won't follow people with nothing. Yeah, in the you bio. don't even bother with those people. Yeah, you don't even nope. bother. Uh, or if the bio is something like this, just completely random. There's a lot of spammers that that put up e- even a nice picture of a person. And then something mm-hmm. pretty random well, in the in bio. bio. Yeah, usually in a bikini or just a, actually they've yeah. gotten a little better and, and they're doing just a respectable looking female. Yeah, um, I've noticed a lot of those. Yeah, a lot of those and just something random in the, in the bio, something random in the Twitter feed. So how do I know you're not a spammer? Um, put up a picture of yourself. I mean, hey, get, get somebody to take a nice picture at Christmas or whatever. <laughs> and and put a little bio that actually says something about you and that's half the battle in connecting with people you may say why is nobody following me well what do you have on your profile page i i agree if if i someone's following me i'll go in and, and look and if they don't have a bio then i'm like well what what reason would i want to follow you back and i don't follow back and give somebody you know give somebody a reason to want to interact with you that's what Twitter's all about. Well, you get out of it what you put into it. That's kind of what I've discovered with the whole Twitter thing, especially because I, I have the unique operation of not only working my own personal Twitter feed, but also Script Magazine's Twitter feed. And it's weird, you know, doing the whole um, the marketing aspect from a magazine's perspective. And because I try to follow everybody who follows Script. And the reason being, I try to follow as many people who follow script is because I want to know what's going on. I want to know what all these people who are following the magazine, I want to know what they're writing about. I want to know what they're doing. And I want to know, you know, what's going on. And that, and that feed just constantly scrolls like nobody's business. And um, mm-hmm. one of the things that annoys me, I understand it from a personal standpoint that people don't want to follow so many people. Like you have like somebody who has like a bazillion followers and only follows like 10 people. Um, I, there's no real back and forth there. It's more like, look at me rather than, you know what I mean? I Mm want to know what you guys want to say. So I find that interesting that some magazines and some, uh, companies do that, which I find is very ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, cause you don't get what's going on. I would have never met, uh, Jeannie had it not been for Twitter. 
or, or Zach yeah, or any yeah. of the guys at script chat had not been for Twitter. Um, and that's because I, when I took over the uh, Twitter feed, when I basically started, cause I'm the only one who runs it. Uh, I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to know what was going out there. I wanted to know who's, you know, if somebody has a success story, if somebody has anything worth um, listening to. And we found that uh, through the magazine and through uh, through the Twitter feed. Um, from a personal branding point, I mean, I get what you're, what everybody's saying regarding, uh, you just want to be real. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm real on Twitter. I don't put on a facade. I, you know, sometimes you rant and rave like I did a couple of days ago with the, an insurance company I'm dealing with or got rear-ended last week <laughs> about. And uh, so I had a little fun with that. But, um, but like, you know, like like you mentioned, like like Dana's great. You know, Dana, Dana's cool with regards to Twitter. So we talk all the time on Twitter. And, um, and he understands incredibly the importance of social media. Um, mm-hmm. in regards to, you know, what he's got going on with Trigger Street and everything. Um, but there are a lot of other great people, uh, great screenwriters. Uh, John August is another one who uses, who's a great guy on Twitter. And there's a handful of writers who, um, who listen, who kind of have the, put themselves out there to listen. And by proxy, they gain the respect of those who follow them. Mm-hmm. And that is something that if you have somebody's respect, uh, that boundary line that we talk about, you know, it, it kind of is a moot point at that point, unless you get some crazies. I mean, you should sh- check out script magazines, uh, direct message feed. I mean, you know, people pitch us all the damn time <laughs> on, on the craziest stuff. And you know, it, you can't, I can't respond to it. You know, it's like, you know, what are you going to do? But more power to you. But, but one of the nice things, things you do, do, Josh, is when when you when people talk to Skirt Bag account and they don't uh-huh. necessarily know it's you who's running it, right? They get so excited when you respond back to them mm. as Skirt Mag. Yeah, you know they get really that. it means something to them, you know. And so I imagine then the flip side of that is then they feel they can send you the DM pitching you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that, that is so that is the flip side of it. But that's the yeah. point, though. Too that's the yeah. point. I want people to to. To feel like we're we, the collective we, the business we, are yeah. listening yeah. Um, to those out there, and it's true because I am. I mean, I'm online, connected basically twenty four seven. You know, whenever somebody at Scripps mags me, I get a I get a message on my cell phone. My thing goes off all the time, uh, so it's not. You <laughs> Your know, wife must love my that. My wife loves it. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I have to because you never know what can happen. You never know what's going on. You, I don't want to miss out on anything. Yeah. Well, and so. that, that raises a very, very important point that, that's applicable both on the company level and also on the personal level. Um, the reason that you're able to do that for Script Magazine is because you are the designated tweeter for, for that magazine. Companies have to realize you got to assign somebody to it. Mm-hmm. Correct. And it's, it's silly that there are so many uh, companies, and I can only speak for like entertainment public magazines, or I can only speak for script magazine itself, but those in, in our genre, our field, you know, they're slowly coming to terms with, with, with getting there. But, you know, it, by and large, Twitter's personal, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a sense. And it is personal. When I said that it's used as a, as a news aggregation feed, it is, but by and large, you know, I joined Twitter in March 2008 when I was following REM on tour because they were using Twitter in its early stages and they were posting set lists 
of all the concerts. And that's why I started, that's why I joined Twitter. That's why I started being on Twitter. And the, the whole personal thing, you know, is incredibly important that there's somebody behind the keyboard, uh, doing it. And mm-hmm. for those that, you know, script, I think has a, has a, per, the script mag feed has a personal feel to it because it's a person doing it. And I respond to people back and forth and I talk to people back and forth and, there are, there are people that just don't do that who don't necessarily see the value in it, which I find kind of funny because I think, I mean, I know for a fact, I've seen the stats, script magazines, you know, everything has gone up since we've started really using our social media tools. Um, mm-hmm. And that is just, that's just a bold-faced fact. Well, you see, yeah. Oh, sorry, Joshua. No, if, go ahead. And if you're not, if you're not a business, well, uh, you know, and, and you, if you are a business, number one, you have to do what Script Mag is doing because people get turned off in Twitter. You know, if you want to get the word out about anything, tweet it out, you know, because people, people who have more followers than you who happen to be following you will probably retweet it and then they'll retweet it. I, I had an issue with UPS with my jewelry business and within five minutes, UPS was responding to me asking if they could, you know, what my account name was so that they could make things right. Um, but on the, on the personal side, you know, it, it really is about communicating with other people. Like if somebody, and, and, I, and I know Jeannie's really good about this um, too, but if someone respond, replies to you or, you know, at replies you with your name in uh, a tweet, you really need to respond back to them unless it's something that's completely obnoxious and it's better just left alone or, you know, when someone's trying to cause an argument, but interact with the people who have taken the time to follow you, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. whether you're a business or not. And, and, you know, people, they, they respect the fact that you've taken the time to respond, what they have to say or to answer a question or to even say, I don't know. Um, it's, it's a, definitely an interaction it's it's not like facebook where it's like you know here's my dog and my cat mm-hmm. i do try to respond to everybody and even and the hardest day for me is fridays because on friday on twitter they have something called Fro- follow friday where people recommend other people to follow and so i happen i'm, I'm blessed with a really loyal group of people who like me <laughs> and they request you know they they send out a follow Friday for me. And I try very hard to thank every single person who does it. And it's, you know, Fridays sometimes are like a job, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's a blessing. You know, it's, it's, I appreciate it. And I gain a lot of followers that way. And when Josh was talking about script magazine, when script puts out their email, um, with script weekly with the list of the new articles in, on that are online, there's, you know, the one I did about script chat, I think it was, I think within, I don't know, 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I had a hundred new followers Wow! and they were all people who found, found me just because script sent out that one email. Um, so scripts, scripts database, the people who their, their customers, their, you know, their, um, target audience is definitely using Twitter. There's no question. Yay. Mm-hmm. Email works. Sorry, I just had to yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> An email does work, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And another thing I would say, and this is very, very, very important, is take advantage of what you can take advantage of. 
And uh, I'll do just a couple of examples. What, one of them is, I mean, I'm, I'm, um, just like, uh, Joshua and, and you guys, we're interacting, interacting with a lot of great writers. I mean, some really, really cool people. Mm-hmm. And every, every follow Friday, one of the things I do is I say, I'll follow you back if you just send me a tweet and ask me nicely. And so few people do. <laughs> and, and yeah. if they do, they have a chance to find out about, um, not just finding out about interviews, but I've had people contact me and say, could you please send this message to this writer off the record? In other words, not part of a podcast, not part of anything else, but just, I want to contact this writer. And I will. I'll say, as long as, I mean, as long as it's decent, as, as long as it's respectful, I'll, I'll forward it on to the writer. And 100% of the time, 100% of the time, the writer is very gracious, gets back to me, usually contacts the person directly, and they set up a dialogue. Excellent. Wow. So you can get us some script chat guests. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, but I mean, say, say your favorite show is V. Well, the, the V show runner was on the podcast. I'd be happy to, to send your email directly to the showrunner. Man, if I had that resource five, ten years ago. Yeah. That uh, I oh, could, I know. That's true. Um, yep. Yep. But you have to take advantage of it. I, I know that, I mean, on the podcast, we've had a couple of writers now that have given out their email addresses. I mean, incredibly gracious of them to do that, to give their email address out on the podcast and say, if you want help getting ahead contact me oh you know what the la- one of the latest ones you did did that i can't think of his name off the top of my head or what the show was yeah Stephen darren set uh did as well as uh mike um uh, matt mclennan matt it was matt he yeah. was incredible oh awesome awesome guy um and definitely an authority on all the things that you can try because he's tried everything uh in in his uh, screenwriting career he cost and- me money. I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to buy books, all of his suggestions. Your podcasts are, are uh-huh. just, I live for them. Uh-huh. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. But, but that's, <laughs> that's an example where, um, where uh, he, he, he emailed me back and he said he got a few emails from people, but why not more? Like take advantage when people extend this opportunity to you. Well, I take that, I would also take that a bit farther. Like people have, um, I'm not even, I can't even remember exactly how it happened, but at some point I was given the title Twitter pimp angel because <laughs> I, um, I'm very, I, I pimp, which means that I promote other people's work. And, um, and I will, like, if I see somebody's blog post and I really enjoyed it, I will tweet it out and recommend to other people that they read it. Um, or if somebody's doing some crowdsourcing for a film and I've, I've read the script or I have some idea of what the project is about and I truly believe in it. Um, and that's the key to pimping is you cannot pimp crap. Like you really have to, people start to trust you. And so you have to vet what you're pimping. Like I don't pimp out blog posts that I haven't read. And um, so, but in taking it a bit further, because I have that brand of Twitter pimp angel, I get a lot of DMs. I get a lot of requests of Gene, can you do this? Gene, can you do that? Gene, can you help me promote people? I have almost 5,000 followers. So I now have gotten to the point where I'm like, look, you do something for somebody else and then come back to me and I'll help you because that they're not, I want people to pay it forward more. Mm 
Mm. Instead of just, there's a lot of people out there who just suck it like a Hoover, you know, and I <laughs> only have so much time. If I, even these little requests that people send me, maybe just take 10 minutes of my time, but 10 minutes times hundreds, <laughs> you no. know? So I have to be more selective and, and, and that's the danger of it. When you start to have that kind of brand or that kind of be known for being generous, there's a lot of people who want from you and you, and I'm learning now that I really have to set boundaries. Mm. And, um, and that's one of the ways I've done it is I've said to people, I put a blog post out saying, before you ask anything of me, go do something for somebody else. Mm. Um, and people are doing it, you know, they're paying it forward happily. And, and that's, but I find that Twitter in general does attract a very generous person. Um, for the most part, maybe because it's at the baby stages. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and Matt was the same way. He said, you know, I've been so lucky to where I, you know, to be where I'm at. And that's, I think, when he gave out his email address was to say, you know, I, I pay it forward. You know, I, I would love to help someone get to where I am and, and show them just, you know, just what to do. But along with what you were saying about why didn't someone, you know, why didn't more people email me? My, my thought on that end is I, I email him in a heartbeat, but I'm afraid I don't want to ask people for anything. You know, um, there's a few people that I've had connections with who I email back and forth, who've been my mentors. And I, and I have been really, really skeptical about asking anything from them. Uh, and if I just keep a dialogue going, then usually I've gotten to where they've said, well, what can I do for you? Where then I feel more comfortable asking for something. Mm -hmm. But I was offered an introduction to a manager, which I had been dying to ask for, but there was no way I was going to ask. And then in conversation, it came up and said, Hey, you know what? I think you should meet my manager. Hmm. But I was, I would never have come right out and asked for it. And, and maybe that's just my personality. I don't know. Yeah. Like I have no problem asking, but what, what I try to do whenever possible is when I ask of something, I try to make sure there's something I'm also that I'm able to give back. Hmm. And um, I'm going to use Josh as a perfect example. Um, <laughs> as, as Josh had said, we met because of Twitter and I strategically have on my bio that I'm from New York. So people automatically assume I'm from New York city. I live two hours, a two hour train ride North of New York. Um, but Josh doesn't know that, didn't know at the time, and, and most people don't, and they do now. And, <laughs> and Josh said, hey, I'm coming to New York. How about having a cup of coffee? I was like, damn, most expensive cup of coffee I'm going to have, but I'm getting <laughs> on a train, and I'm going to New York. But I also, I know Josh is a journalist, so... And he didn't really know that much about me at the time, and, and just that just script chat was just a baby then, yeah. and... Um, it was over a year ago, yeah, and, a year and a half ago. but my writing partner works for the, he's a senior national correspondent of the wall street journal and, um, Pulitzer prize winner. And so I immediately thought, well, hot damn, if Josh is going to come to New York and I'm going to meet him for coffee, I'm going to introduce him to a Pulitzer prize winner. Like what journalist wouldn't want to meet one, you know? And, mm -hmm. and, and then, so I got Doug to come up from Atlanta and we all had lunch together and that's where our friendship and the first time we started talking about my, you know, doing some sort of blog post for, for script, um, mm -hmm. happened. But it's, you know, because I was purposely thinking, what can I, what can I just, what little nugget 
can I do for him? Like that might just make it a fun day for him beyond just, you know, us getting together and having coffee. And I try whenever I can to do that, you know, to what, you know, this is what I can do for you in exchange or, or let's think about what we both have to offer and bring to the table. And how can we find some synergy here? That's not just beneficial to me, but that's also beneficial to you. I'm a very big believer in that. And I can't think of a better place to end up part one of our discussion on social media. Uh, pay it forward. What a great idea. Thanks so much to Joshua, Jamie, and Jean for joining us this week in our roundtable discussion. And you'll find the remaining 45 minutes of our discussion next week on the podcast. Thank you so much for watching. And I do urge you, if you go to tvwriterpodcast.com, you'll find all of the Twitter addresses for the participants in this podcast. I urge you to follow them on Twitter. And also, you can follow me on Twitter, at Gray Jones. You can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Graham A. Jones. Just if you do, make sure you have a little message with it explaining that you found me through the podcast, and uh, and then I'd be happy to add you to my Facebook family. But until next week, I want to wish you a very happy writing week, and I hope this podcast has been helpful. Um, if it has, then definitely check back for part two next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Hosted by Gray Jones, the TV Writer Podcast is brought to you by Script Magazine and ScriptMag.com, the leading source for script writing information in print and on the web. And by Final Draft Script Writing Software, the entertainment industry standard for script writing worldwide. Uh -huh.